Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso a Paso Podcast. My name is Miles, and as always, I'm happy to be here with you and our guest today, who we have interviewed before, but we're going to be talking about a different topic today. Um, welcome, Beledia. Thanks for coming back, and uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello everyone. My name is Valeria Santiesteban and I'm here the director at Los Angelitos, the early intervention uh, agency in Taos. Thank you so much. And um, before we have done uh, interviews with you many episodes ago, focusing on the work of Los Angelitos, and um, today I thought we might talk about a topic that we haven't discussed yet on this uh, interview series, but is one that is very central, as I understand it, to what your agency does. And that is, um, if I understand the terminology correctly, it could be called early intervention. Um, how would you describe that aspect of what uh, your agency provides our community? Okay. So like you mentioned, so we provide early intervention services for children, um, from when they're first born all the way to their third birthday. And what it really looks is when um, each, each child grows very different, so no child is the same, and they go on their own pace. But sometimes you might have a concern or the doctor might bring up a concern or the teacher might bring up a concern that maybe they're not starting to crawl when usually around five, six months, babies start crawling and or, you know, they're not talking right. Usually around two years old, kids have about around 50 words, um, you know, all these different little things. And what we are able to do is we complete an evaluation. Um usually a team, which is a development specialist and either a physical therapist or a speech therapist. And together we work in uh, completing the infant toddler development assessment that we use as a tool. And it's really used, um, we sit down and play with the child. We ask the parents questions and we observe the child. And we try to do it in their natural environment as most, you know, if possible. But right now with COVID, sometimes we're doing them here at the office. But we really just sit down with the kid and observe and make sure that they're meeting um, the milestones around their age. So we look a little bit, um, we have age ranges that we look at depending where the child is at. And that kind of helps us determine to see if that child is meeting all those needs. And with this uh, tool, if after we ask all these questions, we observe, we play with the child, um, it kind of lets us know where he is at in their development at that point. As we, as we know, kids change every day, <laughs> you know, so sometimes we ask parents and they're like, you know what, he's not doing that. And then by the next visit, they're like, you know what, the next day, right after you guys asked me that question, he started doing it. And so it's an ongoing assessment, basically. But we do have to use this tool to just give us a baseline where they are, where they are at yeah. when they first yeah. initiated with us. Well, thank you for explaining that so well. Um, it's, I imagine, uh frustrating or um sometimes parents might be nervous when they first approach you or your your staff um and uh how do you go about helping them to feel more at ease or calm as you begin to work with them on um, a concern they might have about their child's development well we usually try to meet the family where they're at 
you know, and sometimes, you know, especially when they might get, they might go to a well check appointment at, with their pediatrician, and then it turns out that the pediatrician notices something. So when we get them, sometimes parents are really concerned and they're wondering what's wrong. What many times they ask themselves, like, what, what did I do? My, what did I do wrong? Mm. And, you know, and we try to let them know that, you know, you many times parents don't do anything wrong. It's mm. just how ch- children develop. And like I mentioned before, every child is so different. So even if you, because we hear a lot like, oh, my first child or my second child never did this. And now my, you know, my third one or my second one is doing. And we try to let them know that every child is very different and they go on their own pace. They have their own little journey. And some of them take a little bit longer. Some of them take a little bit. They're a little bit more cautious about doing things. And we're just here trying to support them uh, of learning where their child is at so we could best support the child in developing, you know. And so we just tried, um, like I said, we just try to meet parents where they're at, um, always using family-friendly words. Um, even when we write out our evaluation, we try to use family-friendly word and language or when we are completing the individualized family service plan of why we're going to be working with this child is family-friendly. Yeah. Um, we try not to use any terminology that parents sometimes are going to be like, what, what is that? Um, we just, you know, try to see and then also work on the strength that the child is actually doing. You know, what is he doing? Because even though that many times parents have, this concern, but their child is doing so many other things. And we try to build on those strengths to support whatever the need is. That's wonderful. It sounds like you actually do a lot more than I even expected as far as helping parents feel comfortable um, if they do have a concern about their children's development. Um, It also made me think about uh, with myself as a parent and with my partner, sometimes I felt as though the... uh, the tracking or the uh, the gauges, I don't know what the right word is, by which I guess developmental milestones that are in a lot of books that um, parents read can sometimes be something that parents may over-focus on or be uh, overly concerned with. Um, you know, for instance, if my, as you mentioned, you know, if there's a certain amount of words that most two-year-olds have and my child does not have that many words in their vocabulary or they're not speaking that often, um, I guess it's a hard thing to know as far as uh, whether it's representative of the development of the child and how they will be in their future as well versus Mm -hmm. um, just like you said, that all children are unique and um, maybe that's a way to, to, to reach out to your organization is if a parent does start to, you know, believe, Hey, you know, I think there is something different about my child that I'd like some support or some additional perspective on. Does that sound relatively accurate? Yes. Mm -hmm. Many times that a parent feels like, you know what? And then it's sometimes like we tell our families, um, they're like, well, the doctor was the one that brought up uh, this concern. We're not too sure. And we always let our families know, like, if you want, we could complete the evaluation, which will help us determine, you know, where he might be or she might be at. And then after that, you know, once we figure out where the developmentally they are at, if there's no concerns, then, you know, you don't have to continue services with us because we're completely voluntary. Mm. And so just letting sometimes 
families just like to do that. They like to come in, get an evaluation and kind of see where their child is at. Yeah. And many times, you know, they might just be slightly delayed in mm -hmm. certain areas. So they might be behind a little bit in some of the areas and it, Parents are already doing what they're supposed to be doing, you know, a lot, you know, just playing with them, reading, talking to them, singing with them, uh, letting them explore a little bit more. Mm. And, and that just helps the kids. Yeah, those are really interesting points you just brought up that I hadn't thought about as clearly, um, obviously, because I don't do this work and you do. Um, <laughs> but the ideas of interacting with your child is being important and, and speaking with them and singing with them and and I think you also mentioned allowing them to explore a bit more. Um, I, I hadn't thought about the ways in which um, a lot of parents may not feel comfortable with their children exploring in case they get hurt, or maybe the parents are very busy and um, often have the children watching programs or using a, t a phone or, or a tablet a lot. And mm -hmm. it sounds like uh, what you're sharing is that sometimes you... Um, encourage parents to both allow their children to explore more freely and uh, explore, interact with the world in different ways and also with their parents as far as what I might call one-on-one -on -one time or, you know, making eye contact and, and letting them watch you speak. Are those, is that, am I understanding correctly what you shared there? Yes. Yes. That's what it is. Um, that's what we um, kind of look towards like even when we are working with families we try not to add another thing to their busy schedules so what we really take into consideration what are the things that they're already doing and how we can incorporate new ideas um so for example if a family is already you know um doing maybe tummy time with the baby every night they all lay down on the floor together as a family then maybe that's a time where you could kind of lay down with them and look at a book and start labeling um, things in the book. Or, you know, we try to incorporate whatever the need is. We try to incorporate it in their routine already. Yeah, We don't try to add another thing on top of. That's a great point. I'm sure they appreciate that. And, and just as a reminder to those listening, um, you know, if you feel as though, hey, it's hard for me to go out and buy books for my kids or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the beauty of, of, of what we have available in our community is that we do have other programs that can do that, such as Imagination Library, uh, which you can look up on the PasoTaos.org website, and that's a program that sends free books to your home. Um, as I understand, most of them are in English, although they have occasionally one in Spanish. But um, your agency as well, Valeria, just to clarify, you, you, you are fluent in both English and, and Spanish and comfortable working with people who speak a variety of languages as well. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Um, we have um, Spanish-speaking um, workers as well, um, our development specialists, our family service, uh, family service coordinators, and then our therapist. Um, and then we support each other, especially if there is a family whose primary language is Spanish, um, we try, they will be placed with um, a Spanish-speaking provider. Great. And you mentioned a couple times that sometimes parents might worry that the uh, developmental progress of their child is a reflection of their parenting or is it their fault or that sort of thing. And I'm wondering um, if there is determined to be a developmental delay in a child and you're speaking with the parents, um, can you give us an example of what the work that your staff uh, uh, does with the families to help 
help that child progress? Mm-hmm. Well, like I have mentioned before, it's just really meeting the families where they're at and seeing, and we work with the family in their natural environment because that's where, you know, studies have shown that that's where children learn best. And so when we go into their natural environment, we also work in, you know, together brainstorming, like how could we get little Tommy or Billy to um, start crawling? And so we just sit down with the family and kind of encourage them to think a little bit outside the box and then start giving a little bit of ideas. And it's just working together as a team. Yeah. And trying to figure out what are some of the interests, what are some of the motivators that maybe the child likes. And so, you know, we, for example, they're not crawling, then what is a favorite toy that they have? And then just putting it right outside their, their arms to yeah. kind of get them motivating to get into their, you know, if it's tummy and start doing an, uh, army crawl and so it's just meeting the families and seeing where they're at um you know being respectful of their natural environment and learning whatever resources they also have in their home it's great that you not only prioritize um you know being in the setting uh when possible where the children will learn best at home but also um it sounds like you have a combination of approaches that uh, your staff are aware of that can help with child development, but also you really pay attention to that individual family, as you said, where they're at and uh, individualize um, how to move forward. And I think that's really wonderful. Um, you know, uh, as I always say on these uh, interviews, they go very quickly and I, I really appreciate you sharing all this with us. It's a very uh, unique topic to discuss in our community, but one that's very important. And I'm sure that um, all the families you work with are very glad that you and your staff are there to provide it. And hopefully, Uh, some of you listening will be um, encouraged or more aware of the fact that this sort of service is available to families. Uh, Is there anything you'd like to share as far as how families can um, connect with you or your program um, here in our last minute? Yes. um, So like I said, if there's any questions or any guidance that you might need, please feel free to reach out to us and we are willing to, you know, be able to support you or find some other resources for you as well. Um, you could always reach us at 575-770-3244. And that would be my number. And I'm the one that usually takes all the intakes. And or our email is bpolanco at eladc.org. Um, you could also reach me through email or my phone number. And, you know, if you have any questions, I'm willing to sit down with you and explore and see if this might be the right fit. And if not, we could also always find you resources in our community to support you. That's wonderful. Thank you again, Valeria. And I will include your email and phone number in the show notes for those who listen on the podcast. Um, also, if you're listening and would like a reminder, uh, you can go to pasotaos.org and under family resources, um, you can find uh, ways to connect with Valeria. Thanks again so much and have a wonderful day. And thanks for all of the work you and your staff do. Okay. Thank you, Miles. Paso a Paso <laughs> Podcast. Yeah.